0: How many drivers does a buggy have? One. So let's just say I'm driving this buggy, and if you fix your attitude, you can ride along with me. Okay. I want you to go back to work tomorrow. You are recasting the lead actress anyway, Audition many girls for the part. When you see the girl that was shown to you earlier today, you will say, this is the girl. The rest of the cast can stay, that's up to you. But that lead girl is not up to you. Now you will see me one more time if you do good. You'll see me two more times if you do bad. Good night.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another sweet episode of Citizen Frame. I think that's the first time I've done a proper introduction and actually mentioned the name of our podcast.
2: (laughs) You got the hang of it?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. So we're revisiting David Lynch, and we talked about him with Blue Velvet. And I thought it was better than I thought it was when I first saw it. I still think they had some missed opportunities. Now, everybody seems, even over Blue Velvet, seems to be this is the go-to Lynch film, which is Mulholland Drive. A lot of people actually say it's the best film of the 21st century. So I decide, okay, I'm going to call you all out. (laughs) I'm going to watch this fucking two-and-a-half-hour film, and I will let you know if I feel that it's the greatest film of the 21st century. Now, keep in mind, Trevor yep. <laughs> thinks this and the lighthouse are the two of the greatest films of the 21st century. I do indeed. Okay. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in there open minded. I like the fact that it has actors I really enjoy in it. He does cast well. He does cast well especially a young, pretty much a rookie, Naomi Watts. And so I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. I like all the supporting cast. What the hell? Well, let's do it. Let's just throw cost into the wind, and let's do something that is, I guess, above, you know, not horror, it's not slasher, and it's not Stallone or Schwarzenegger.
2: (laughs) So... There we are. I would love to to see Stallone or Schwarzenegger in this. (laughs) I'm surprised
1: they weren't. I'm surprised it wasn't some fucking cameo. You'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Now, I've been told I have to watch this a few times. I decided to challenge myself. I watched it once. Not to be cocky and not to be I didn't give a shit. I did watch it technically twice because I kind of forward and rewind and try to catch stuff. Um, but I wanted to see if I can nail it on the first go. <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. Um, I am going to tell you my synopsis of what I think has happened in this film. Yes. Then you are going to confirm what was, was I right or was I wrong? Kind of your explanation. Okay. Of what I just talked about. And then at the end of the podcast, we'll give our final thoughts. Okay. Um, because the film is so far out there. Well, it's not that far. out there. That's not the right one. I will say this, and I don't know, I'm not a Lynchian. I don't I don't religiously watch his stuff. But the ones I have seen, I have to say, believe it or not, I think this is his most grounded work. And what I mean by that, and when I've watched Lynch and his other films, all his crooked characters, I see quite... That Tarantino has been influenced by Lynch with the quirky characters and who's what, who's that, what's that over there kind of on, you know, on this mixture of ensemble uh, character actors or A listers. And Tarantino does that in his work. But in this one, I can see a lot of David Lynch taken from Tarantino. And the reason I say that is because. Most of Lynch's characters in his films, and you could back me up or not here, Trevor. Yep, the the bad guys are vile, vile human beings, and he doesn't know when to quit when it comes to some of the gratuitousness or maybe some of the antics of the bad guys. But with this movie, they play like Tarantino characters, and they're and and how I mean by that is that they're more playful. They're fun to watch on the screen. Mm-hmm. They're not these. They're, there's some mean-spirited people in this, but they're not these over-the-top cruel villains that you would get from a standard David Lynch film. And some of the locations, like Winkies, always remind. You know, I can't get Winkies out of my fucking head now. <laughs> the Winkies Diner. That seems terrifying. Which re- but which reminds me a lot of like you know Big Kahuna Burger from Pulp Fiction. It, it just seems that he's... Well, I think Tarantino's complimented David Lynch in his work. I think David Lynch has complimented Quentin Tarantino in this. I really do think that. Because this one I could sit through and I wasn't rolling my eyes. And I was liking a lot of the characters. And I wanted to see more of them. And that's what I get from a Tarantino film. Which I usually don't from a Lynch film. I wanted to kind of, okay, let's get this over with. If that makes any sense?
2: No, no, I totally hear what you're saying, and I think possibly that um, you maybe haven't given Lynch a fair crack of the whip before, but now you are more. If that makes sense, you know. Um, it- well, I'm an, I, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm the I'm
1: kind of guy. <laughs> trying to, to laugh by even saying this. Very open minded uh, <laughs> about my films. And you might be right, I didn't give Lynch a, a shot. But I have watched Lynch films. I've watched Doom before. I've watched Doom developing before. I remember liking Wild at Heart, which I haven't revisited. Lost, High, Hallway, Lost Highway was a train wreck, as I remember. It, I know it's not his most liked. I heard it's pretty bad. i seen it. I remember Ro- uh, Robert Blake playing really fucking creepy in it. Yep. And I remember the really cool Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails, I think was the song in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never saw Inland Empire. Is that Inland Empire? Is that what it's called? Inland Empire, yes, yes. So, I've seen a lot of his stuff, Mm -hmm. but I don't Mm remember. I got to revisit it, like I'm doing now. Yeah. Blue Velvet, I hated it. When I watched it again, I was like, okay, it's not a train wreck, but it's not, you know, not that bad. And this is my first viewing of this one. So. Yeah. All right. So, this is what we're going to do. Um... I'm going to try my best. I'm um, going to have some dramatic pauses. And kind of uh tell you what I think has happened okay. in the film Mulholland Drive. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> we meet Rita, who is attempted, who has been, uh, who's in the back of a limo. The limo pulls over. She She's about to be assassinated, which is, uh, she is saved by a car accident. Her body ends up at the aunt's home, Aunt Ruth's home. Betty, who is obviously the niece of Ruth, shows up and she is is there to use her flat while Ruth is in Canada filming another movie. And now Betty is trying to follow in the footsteps of Ruth to be the next actress. Now this whole sequence, this two hours of the film is pretty much and i thought this halfway through is a fairy tale this is what everyone thinks hollywood was like they think it's all puppies and roses and everything's good to go nothing can go wrong in hollywood this is the uh fantasy version of hollywood and that i did catch but as she she meets rita she is in uh she's embracing her they're becoming really good friends Things going really, really well, uh, especially for Betty. Yeah, she's having great auditions. She's getting movie parts, and she's bonding in more ways than one. You know what I'm saying, guys? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, that's the I think one of the best films in Hollywood. One of the best shots in Hollywood history. I think it's beautiful, and I think it should have been elongated. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's,
2: it, it is genuinely the most, um, probably one of the most erotic scenes I have ever seen uh, um, in a film.
1: Yeah, it's it's I was like, Oh Brian, right, get the popcorn. Yeah
2: and the best of it it is tastefully done. You know It is,
1: it is. You actually believed it. Yep. You know, you it was are like, Oh, this is just for soft this is a softcore porn. No, I actually knew this was probably gonna happen and you kinda it you went with it. Yep. Um and Rita seems like a pretty down to earth girl at this point. Now as they're trying to solve where she's from and who is she, we meet Adam the producer. Uh, who I actually loved in this, uh, Justin Thoreau, one of his first outings. He's getting a lot of pressure from the movie executives to cast Camilla. Camilla, we have to cast Camilla. He refuses to do so, and we meet these really fun characters, and wait, I'm assuming play like the mob. Yes. And they're pretty much telling him, you're putting Camilla in or else. He says, no, it's my fucking movie, which I applaud him for. He leaves. We have one of the funniest scenes, I think, in film history where Billy Ray Cyrus is cheating <laughs> on his wife when Adam comes home. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus is trying to be all polite. Well, you can understand his frustration. He just walked in with us in bed together. Yeah. Um, but great fun dialogue, good banter, very funny. And he's going through this whole chaos of being threatened if he doesn't cast Camilla. Then it takes another strange turn when the he's got a meeting with the cowboy and he goes <laughs> to meet the cowboy and all the cowboys, the cowboy pretty much is trying to tell him you need to cast Camilla. And if he doesn't, well, if you meet me once, you made the right choice. If you meet me twice, you've clearly chosen him poorly. And I, and I didn't kind of get that until I realized, Oh, I got it. If he sees him again, he's dead. Yeah. If you do the math. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And rest assured, he makes the call to cast Camilla. Now, that's kind of where that one kind of goes a bit. I'm sure there's there's more to it, but I'm just giving you the basics. We meet Dan and Herb. Dan and Herb are at the diner. Dan is paranoid and he doesn't want to go in the back of the restaurant because he fears somebody is there to get him. And Herb, and he says, "Um, I've seen things before, my dreams or something. I've seen a man behind me. I've seen you behind me. I've seen this scene before. In other words, is what he's saying. And Herb goes, hold on for a second. I'll take you around the back. And he goes to pay the bill. And all of a sudden, Dan looks around and he sees Herb behind him like he did in the dream. So then, they walk around to the side and then we see the witch or the the bum or the whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's a demon witch bum. (laughs) Okay? Which, by the way, is played by... Did you catch it? No. Hey. Oh, come on. You didn't catch it? Oh, you might not. You but Her name is Bonnie Ahrens. She plays... That's right. The Nun. Right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She always plays sp- spooky characters. The Nun's a terrible you know. film, though, but, you know... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But the her introduction in... Well, <laughs> we're going outside the box. Yeah. All right. So so they go around. They see the bum. And they, they go, oh, they panic. And then we cut to... Then we meet my favorite character, <laughs> Joe the Hitman. Joe the Hitman goes out to kill his buddy, looks like good friend, Ed. But he's so bad at it, the secretary sees him, he kills the secretary, and trying to kill the secretary, the poor janitor sees him do it, so he's got to kill the janitor at the same time.
2: And the Hoover's going off and everything, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he has to shoot the Hoover to shut it up. Um, so we, we... Those are kind of the... Three central stories we have here in the first two hours. We've got the relationship between Rita and Betty. And then we've got the relationship between Adam and his production team and the cowboy. And then we've got this mystery gunman who's sloppy at what he does, um, Hitman. So that's where we're at so far. Alright, how am I doing so far? You're doing 100%. Wow, I'm doing alright. Yeah. I'm actually, you know a what? I'm parodian. impressed with myself. I'm proud I know. Yeah. Alright. So as their friendship grows, they, they they find a clue, which I kind of forgot how they found this clue, but you can fill this in later. Mm-hmm. They find Diane. Diane can actually find out who her true identity, who Rita's true identity is. They go... Turns out, Diane has swapped apartments with another, with another tenant. They go to Diane's, and there's Diane dead in the bed. We don't know what of, but we will find out it's an apparent gunshot wound. Her body's rotted, decomposing, hence the smell. Funny thing, I never caught this. Betty is like, oh my God. But Rita has a nervous breakdown during it. So Rita has obviously some kind of relationship with Diane because she's more traumatized by this vic scene than Betty is. Oh, we get, we're getting there. Yep. Okay. So then they go to a lounge and they, they, they're they sitting there and they're watching. I have to admit, this singer had me hooked. Yep. Her version of crying, I believe it's in French. Uh, is, Spanish, I believe. Oh, Spanish. I was close.
2: Rebecca de Rio.
1: Okay. Oh, I'm bilingual there. I really knew that one. But either way, it was, imes- it, was memor- it was mesmerizing. And there's a scene where the two girls are sitting there and they start crying and you're just involved. So emotional. You know, I'm I'm big into movies that bring you in to the film. Very atmospheric, I guess you can call it. Yep. And it did. I just sat there and I wanted to watch her the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Incredible. i want to try to get a copy of that. Amazing voice. And... And they go home after a wonderful day. They see the blue box. They take the key. They turn it. Boom. Role change. Now we got 25 minutes left in the film. Everything has flipped. That wonderful Hollywood that we all knew Betty from is not the wonderful Hollywood that that Betty has. It's a cruel, cruel Hollywood. Betty is actually Diane. The girl we see in the, the, the dead body. Um, her life is... Is in is in array. Array. Rita is actually Camilla, the one who gets all the parts. Hence, the reason why Adam wanted to cast somebody else, but he had to go to Camilla. Had to go to Camilla. So Rita takes all the parts, while Pepper's. while gives Diane now little parts, just to kind of gives her, you know, feeds her little parts. I don't know if she's in a drug habit or not, but bet this this Diane is not the Betty that we knew in the in the, uh, in, the in the last two hours. This one is uh, paranoid, frightened, scared, in love with Camilla. Obviously, Camilla doesn't feel the same because we find out that she's pretty much gonna be getting married to uh, to uh, uh, Adam, Adam, who's still the big Hollywood bigwig. There's, there's even a scene in this movie that broke my heart, and that is for Diane when Camilla invites her to this big way party, where we find out they think that you know she's this big actress, but all she says is, "No, I want a dance contest." Um, so I came over here to see if I can make it big, and Camilla even kind of. You know, kind of ignores her and sh- and she's walking across the table and she's in love with this woman and she's blatantly making out with Adam and stuff and you can see the tears welling up and Naomi Watts' eyes. Naomi Watts is incredible in this scene and you f- never feel so sorry for somebody but she is officially broken. She can't have what she wants. It's not the, the dreamlike Hollywood she thought it was. Her life is pretty much in the toilet and there's not much, much she can do now we come to joe joe is actually is an assassin a competent one and he is hired by our girl diane to kill camilla he gives her the blue key the key we keep that opens the box the key that holds the answers to everything you turn this key here's the key once you get once you get this key the job is done are you sure you want to do this job? She says, I am more confident than hell, do it. So at the end of the day, Camilla is assassinated by Joe, who's now actually a competent assassin. But and by doing so, Diane is driven with complete guilt. We find out that she has gone through this massive clinical depression. She has decided um, during her uh, deep sleep depression. She has conjured this fantasy of what she wanted life to be like with Rita and Betty. But this is this, and then that's the alternate universe. But in this universe, she wakes up, she's still there, Camilla's dead, so she kills herself with the gun. And that's it. Karen, you nailed it. Am I? serious
2: what that's it i got it right you got it right um yeah i mean i'm very impressed yeah I, you know um you know to be honest i thought this was going to be a bad prepare myself for a podcast of me and you arguing and you going what the fuck is all that about you know that shit uh yeah no no you you you, you fucking nailed it uh i'm well pleased so yeah uh, wow yeah well, there you
1: go well see I'm just I'm gifted Trevor well yeah you get Lynch.
2: gifted you know you're one of the gang
1: you're one of the no no crew. no, <laughs> no I, I, I just listen you know I um I think what really helps this film is the characters you want more of them at the performances even, even the detective McNight. Well, I'd love to see God love him he's passed away Forrester yes and, You've got uh, Dom, Detective Dom Guard played by Brian Briscoe, who I like. You've got I loved uh, uh, Dan Hedaya; he is so funny in yes. this. Um, I like the fact he. I've never seen this before. He actually casts his his uh, composer for all of his movies. Angelo Badlamente, yeah, yeah, as
2: Luigi. That's a really tense scene as well. I mean, t- to, to me, Lynch is a master at creating tension. I mean, the Twinkies scene. I mean, that's terror fan um and but also that scene where you know he spits out the coffee and stuff you know angelo badlamendi i'm talking about you know his character he's obviously playing a mobster type character yeah
1: yeah and you, you actually even the waiter he cast in it you felt sorry for him because you knew something was going to happen if that coffee didn't taste good it's so tense yeah yeah it, it is well done and did you let me ask you this is mr Rourke, mr Rourke, is he the backwards little dude in yes. the
2: Twin Peaks things? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Only in this, he's given him like um, full he's length. taller. Full length <laughs> arms and legs. Yeah. I was wondering. But he's okay. still got HD, Yeah, that, that's the, the Dancing Dwarf from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, yeah All right. Yeah. Okay. Michael J. Anderson. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I have to admit, the
1: reason I really kind of got into it, and that's why I was pretty confident the first time watching it, was, and again, I'm not trying to say he took anything or anything, I just think he kind of toned it down a bit and made the characters more playful and I really stick
2: by that because you kind of liked everyone even, I mean uh, Yeah, well I mean like you say I mean the the characters, they're fully rounded characters and you know essentially everything in the dream which is the first two hours of the film, the first two thirds of the film is you know In her head, Diane has, you know, this perfect sort of fantasy world. She's a brilliant actress. She gets there, um, you know, by talent alone, you know. and She goes on this great adventure with the woman who she's fallen in love with and who has fallen in love with her. And, you know, everything's sort of, you know, perfect. But also the people that she doesn't like, like the director, he's getting a really shit time, you know what I mean? So he's going through hell. You know, the wife's, you know, um, shagging basically Billy Ray Cyrus with his big mullet and stuff.
1: That's why she... He goes, his, his his her fantasy is him having a shit time yes. because of that because he's actually the one
2: dating yes Camilla and you, yes yeah uh, but in reality Camilla is actually sleeping her way and you know to these roles and yes. stuff yes also yeah. she in her dream she makes the hitman a bumbling hitman because um, that's her, her, her guilt over hiring him to in reality. Yeah. Be-
1: yeah, because you'd rather have him be
2: bumbling and not get the job done. Uh, Coco, and Coco was actually, uh, in reality, is Adam's um, mother. <laughs> yeah. um, and the actress who plays her, Anne Miller, um, she was a big 1930s um, Hollywood... Yeah,
1: I, I, actually, I thought Coco was probably the most decent character of everybody. Yes, but coco was uh she's adam she's adam's mother
2: in reality yeah but in the dream she is basically she owns the apartment complex or she's the manager of the apartment complex okay so she is everyone's incorporated into you know and the cowboy was just some random guy who in reality was at the party that she as you do dream logic you incorporate sort of bits of reality random parts of reality into your dreams the The cowboy was just a random guy at the party who she incorporated into the dream to threaten Adam, and you know there's other ones. Um, <clears throat> you know, the- okay. What about what about when Betty's
1: picked? Betty's coming into the scene, and she is coming from the airport, and she's talking to this nice lady Irene. Yes, and her husband and probably some yeah somebody you met on the plane, obviously. Yes. Um, and then when they're leaving in a limo, they're laughing. I didn't get
2: that. It's, well, I think it's just they were really nice um, people. Um, you mean at the end or whenever they're in the limo, in their car? In the limo, it, it, yeah. Oh, no, I think they, they're just a really nice couple that she did quite possibly meet in reality at the airport and sort of give her this idea that everything's going to be just like the end, just every, everybody's going to be nice and pleasant and all and all this here sort of thing that's why the the reality turns on her you know whenever they're miniaturized at the end and they're chasing after again and another really tense scene uh but yeah that that it's a weirdly shot scene where the two of them are in the car just like really smiling at each other you know weirdly i think that's just a lynch quirk um to be honest but um, no
1: how do they how do they know how did uh, Rita and Betty know to go to Diane's house? I forgot that.
2: It's just part of the dream. The, the Well, they, they look it up on the phone book. Um, what it is, um, Rita sees the waitress and Twinkies, um, has the, what do you call it? The new, it well, no, it's Winkies, isn't it? Tw- uh, is, it is it Winkies? Sorry, yeah, uh, could be Winkies. Yeah, I think it is Winkies. Yeah, yeah. they get sued if it was Twinkies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah that's right. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah. Whenever they're um, discussing it in the diner, in the dream, and to see that guy in the background, you know, um, but basically the waitress um, has the name badge um, Diane, and she looks at it, she goes, Diane, my name is Diane. And um, that's then they look it up, Diane Selwyn, and they look up the um, name in the phone book. How they know the last name? She remembers it after seeing the waitress's um, ta- um, name tag. No, the last name. I think she remembers it Diane. Um, yeah. Um, Whenever she sees the, the name type, she remembers. That's when she remembers. Oh, the whole name. The whole name. Yes, okay. yes. I, thought, I believe okay. so anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, then they go on. Uh, obviously, that's really, um, you know, now you know me, you know, Diane in reality, her body on the bed, you know. And the bum is guilt. Yeah, pretty much. And the box represents um, truth and reality. You know? Yeah, and once you took the key and opened it, that's why yeah. everything turned, because
1: Pandora's box. And the bridge Ooh.
2: scene of, basically, the bridge of the sort of dream world and the um, real world is Club Silencio. Also, did you notice, and uh, uh, it's not like, you know, Lynch to put Easter eggs in his in his films, but there is a massive Twin Peaks Easter egg in Club Silencio. I are you into Twin Peaks? You're not really into Twin Peaks, are you You're not? No, no. If you look closely in the background whenever um, Diane and Betty um, come into Club Sil- Silencia into the theatre, uh, in the background, Laura Palmer and Ronette Polanski from Twin Peaks are sitting there. So to me, that also... Played by the same actresses. Uh, to me, that also ties this film into Twin Peaks, the same universe.
1: Oh, okay. No, I didn't catch that. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't in the Twin Peaks universe, because... What I liked about it is the first, uh, like I said, the first two hours are pretty much this dream ask, so you can kind of get away with being a little quirky, mm-hmm. like stuff you guys like. Yeah. And you can kind of, you know, so, but the second act brings it to full circle and clarity yes. of what's really happening. And it does it where you understand it. Yes. And it doesn't leave you with what the fuck. It makes I actually, complete sense. I, it makes complete sense. Yes. Oh yeah. So you can he, he can he can get away with it. You know what he also does, which I think is funny, and we talked about this with Blue Velvet, and we talk about Tarantino quite a bit. And when I see in this film, I do see Tarantino take it from Lynch, and vice versa. But and the big one is, and Zombie does it too. You know, David Lynch, Tarantino, and Zombie, <laughs> but. You don't know what year it is. You don't know what time uh, and yeah. era it is. There's a lot of 50s. You know, a lot of, you know, she even mentions she, she won a swing contest or a jitterbug. A, a, dan- a jitterbug contest. And and you never see any modern technology. It's uh, a lot of it's located in a diner. Yep. The clothing is really folds. not. It's, yeah. So it, it, it you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Where you are
2: here. And he does that with all of his films, pretty much. It's basically Lynch's two fingers up to Hollywood. It's about the dark side of Hollywood. Um, Essentially, one of the, the, the nastiest characters was actually Camille in the real world because um sorry camilla um because she was um being really nasty and basically she was sleeping her way and you know to get all these roles but she knew that diane was in love with her but she was purposely making her jealous like you know the whole stuff with adam and stuff but also that other girl who she's kissing in the scene that you discussed you know where naomi watts um who's absolutely fantastic in this film um, you know, is sort of Quran and she's she's, she's completely broken hearted, and that's when she decides, and she turns to the dark side, so to speak, and hires Hitman to kill killer.
1: Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I, I yeah, I mentioned that where where she insists that she, yeah, they're breaking up, but you need to come to me, you need to come to this dinner with me, yeah. please. I want you there. The mirror jealous, but but pretty much just to be there to throw it in her face. Yeah. All, she was there, and also everyone there oh, what do you do? And they think because she's with Camilla, she's this big star, mm-hmm. and she's not. So that didn't make her feel good either. Yes. So it it's just become...
2: She was just like an ordinary sort of girl from a small town, and she was sitting yeah. out with all these sort of Hollywood types, and basically Hollywood just ate her up. So it did, essentially. Um, what she um, thought was going to be a dream world um, was basically a nightmare, hell.
1: Well, it explains a bit because you you know a flinch very famous YouTube clip of him yelling at a an executive producer.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see this? I I know what. Ma- yeah. I I mentioned it in Blue Velvet where I've seen bits and pieces of Lynch. They're, they're, sort they're of doing a people. documentary on.
1: They're, yeah, they're doing a documentary on him, and he's filming a scene. He's behind the monitor, and and he goes, "Cut!" Thank you, and whatever he says, and the executive producer goes, "That seems seems a little long." He goes, "What? What seemed too long?" Why do you, was that scene too long? Why are you here? You know, just going yep. off on it. He's right. He's right. Mm-hmm. Leave leave the director alone. Yeah. You deal with that in the editing room. Yeah. And I also but, believe that... My my, my, my point is, yep. it explains why he has a character like Adam in this. Yes. During the, the uh, dream portion of this, where this guy is being bullied by the executives to cast his film. Yes. Uh, with somebody he doesn't think will fit the
2: part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. inclusion his artistic vision and yeah yeah, and also i also believe in the real world not in the real world of the film but in the world that we live in that this is the reason why lynch no longer makes films due to constant studio interference which he detests and um basically the reason by you know being told who to cast and you know all this sort of thing i believe that is the main reason why lynch no longer makes films
1: yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe this was uh,
2: was this was this, was in the empire after this. Yes, and then Twin Peaks: The Return, which is basically um, a um, an eighteen-hour David Lynch film. So it is. I know it was oh, uh, split God. up as a series. That um, explains why the
1: way you are
2: <laughs> eighteen hours of a Lynch film. I, I've watched more than once, by the way. I have to say. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. You know, you're right. This one went pretty quick. I thought I was gonna
1: give you my synopsis. You'd be like, "No, no, Kieran you're an idiot." I thought we were gonna this argue. Is... No, I have to admit, I rather enjoyed it. Well, really? I I won't watch. I mean, it's not my cup of tea. I I do like the film noir style, which that's most of his stuff. Yeah, very noirish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, a superb so, score as
2: well by Bad
1: Lamenti I mean, really, yeah, haunting. everything really works well. Naomi Watts steals the movie. Oh, so it's she's very amazing. good at it. Um, but it's nice to see actors like Danny and Dale play something different. He was just so grumpy with the cow. Yeah, just, the guy was very funny when they said, No, I'm not casting Camilla, and he just loses it. Um, so <laughs> this over is the car, yeah. It's so, yeah, so over the top. Even Coco was fun, Luigi was fun, yeah. Um, Adam, I, I really liked his stuff. The cowboy was fucking creepy as hell, even though he didn't do much. There is always uh,
2: but, a really sinister, creepy character, um, in David Lynch films. So there is, and then Joe, the assassin, who was just so likable, <laughs> What yeah. a fucking idiot. Yeah, uh,
1: the part of vacuum guy when he's like, "No, come here, help me. She's in pain. She's in pain," and she kills him. I felt, uh, I felt bad for the vacuum. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Uh, but the but, Silencio yeah, scene. You know?
2: um, I mean, and the um, yeah. Winky scene or whatever Winkies or Twinkies, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean. Super, But I, I think the reason they're in it is because, again, like the Cowboy, they were incorporated um, from the real world. Random people that she had seen whenever she was arranging the hit with Joe. In um, the real world, they were in the background and she incorporated them into her dream as well. Yeah, um, I, I figured that once I saw. Yeah.
1: You pretty much, it's, it's kind of like uh, Rosemary's Baby. When you go into the apartment in the final scene, you see all these players involved. Yes. In, in her madness, and this is what he did. So the, you went to the party scene, and you can see every bit player, every actor who played a part yes. in her fantasy. Yeah. So so that kind of came full circle.
2: Yeah. Well, there we go. And again, uh, we see the cowboy after, um, you know, the scene with Adam. We see the cowboy twice, so that means you've done bad. That I means, you know, basically Diane's done bad. She hired a hitman to kill um, um, Camilla oh yeah yeah that's true it all makes sense oh, there you go <laughs>
1: yeah. well anything you want to add before we uh, uh, wow, surprisingly might wrap this one
2: up yeah Um. no the only thing I would add is yeah um, 100% for me not just one of the greatest films of the 21st century but I think um, Lynch's masterpiece and one of the and I've seen all of his stuff um, including his short films um, and I would say, yeah, I mean, it's one of the... For me, anyway, I mean, it's all about opinion and stuff. It's one of the greatest films ever made.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but I know how much a lot of people would probably agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not, you know, my cup of tea. Yeah. But I actually think it's his best film, too, to what I remember, the ones I have seen. It's much, 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 much better than Blue Velvet. Yeah. Um, I like the characters, I like the quirkiness of it. I like it was two and a half hours and it flew by. Yes. And he was smart by giving us the dream two hours in and then the last thirty minutes explaining everything. Because once that you hit the two hour mark, you think people would be like, Oh God, here we go. But that last thirty minutes, you're actually more into it now because you yeah. wanna know what the fuck what just happened. So it's it's kinda like watching the Who Done It, but for the last thirty minutes you're sitting in a room with all the suspects and you want to know who it is and they're going through each one. Yeah, You know, it's it and that's how it plays out and it, it is it's, it's well paced, fantastic acting especially from Naomi Watts um and 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 the supporting cast themselves of course. And uh yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that it's there you, you know, it definitely plays plays like a uh uh I was watching like you know, like a Touch of Evil or Something from the fifties, yeah,
2: or, or so. Well, I think a big influence uh, um, on Lynch in general, Sunset Boulevard, you know, um, yeah, Wizard like, of Oz yeah. as well, you know. Uh, oh God, yeah, yeah, I can see. Yeah, there's a one, lot maybe. of Wizard of Oz and a lot of Lynch films. Um, yeah, a lot of little people. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. no, but you know, even um, you know, you know, basically, uh, I, I would say, you know, and there's the, the dream motives as well. You know, there's always you know stuff to do with dreams and stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, I think I like it because it's a little more grounded, Lynch. Mm. Whether you see it or not, I do. I see it a lot no, more grounded. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. There's a lot more restraint. Uh, don't get me wrong, he throws it at you, especially with the uh, love scenes. But, um, yeah. It was originally go. actually supposed to a be little...
2: a TV series, and in fact, the first half of it was shot as a, a pilot episode for a TV show, but then he received more funding, and he decided to make it into... Basically, the feature film that we know now. Uh, also originally it was supposed to be about Audrey Horn, the character from Twin Peaks. As opposed to Diane. Oh.
1: No, I, I like I think this does this better as a movie. And also yeah. I think I think people who go back to the well too much kind of uh yeah. here we go with Twin Peaks again. Tarantino does it himself sometimes too. Just you know, sometimes it's nice, this works as a good separate. One-hour film. Yeah. Anything, Any kind of expansion to this would ruin it.
2: Oh, no, no, I agree. I think it just worked out perfectly the way it did. All right. Wow, there we go. This was a quick one and
1: everything. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> um, seriously, I don't know what to really say about it. I mean, I usually try to find something I didn't like about it. There's a couple of things I didn't like about it. But at the end of the day, I kind of enjoyed myself. I just sat back and then, and it was the last thirty minutes that saved this film. I was like, "Oh, where are we going here?" I'm like, "Oh, fuck, what's he doing?" Yeah. And once the once the once the, the box opens, I'm like, "Oh, fuck, there's like dwarfs coming out now or something." <laughs> and then and then then I was waiting. I was waiting for fucking everything being in subtitles, <laughs> black and white, and a sea monkey comes out and starts playing the banjo or something. A razor head style,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll be like, "Oh, fuck, here we go." But. He actually, It actually saved the rest of the film, so there you go. Pleasant surprise. Pleasant surprise. Um, Alright, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to this one. Um, kind of sad we didn't argue. Uh, I, no, like I, know to, that. I, I Sorry to disappoint. I, I like yelling at Trevor, Yeah, but, you know, I guess you can not do it. <laughs> we'll get him on something. <laughs> Alright, um, if you guys want to have any um, observations, or any uh, ideas, or any films you'd like us to uh, maybe talk about, give us a shout out at Citizen Frame underscore podcast, and of course on Facebook. Anything you need to add, Trevor? No, that's pretty much it. Cool. We're gonna wrap this one up, nice and quietly. Who fucking knew? Yeah,
2: <laughs> almost as surprising as the end of Mulholland Drive. You know, there's there's a fucking twist for you. Me and Karen didn't argue. <laughs> I know. God, I was
1: trying to find something. I just couldn't. It's like fuck, <laughs> fuck. Couldn't find anything. Um. Yo, yes there is one there is one thing and she looks horrible God love her uh, an actress has a cameo in it Lee Grant yes
2: the neighbor
1: or is it Lee Remick was it Lee Remick no, it's or not Lee, Lee Grant Remick, no I, oh, it's, Lee, it's Lee Grant yeah the neighbor who senses something's wrong yes she's kind of like a psychic
2: yes who's she Um, she's in the party as well um, I
1: missed her What? where was she in the party <gasps> was she the one kind of Asking her the questions, being rude to her.
2: Um, I, I'm a, I, I think she's more of a background character, and the party. Um, would have to watch that scene in detail again, like the cowboy. Okay. And like the, you know, the, the guys from Twinkies. she is incorporated into the dream, um, she, but she definitely um exists in the real world. Um and I believe in the party. I could be you know I don't think I'm wrong, but I could be wrong on that. Um, and she basically that's a warning. That's years of you. And Lynch always has scenes where somebody raps the door and say something really weird and creepy. But she, it's basically a warning from the real world that there's trouble in there.
1: Okay. Okay, I'm sure she was, but yeah, I was just curious. Um, all right, that's a wrap, guys. Take care of yourself. Have a good one.